Welcome to the pilot episode of Kill the Lights. I am your host, Chad Hall, and joining me today is Sierra Phelps. We will be diving into Sierra's story and why she is more than just an athlete. Sierra, thank you for being on this uh, experimental first episode of Kill the Lights. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm thankful that you picked me to be your first guest on your podcast. You're like you're like the guinea pig, yeah. right? So, um, what year are you at Piedmont? I'm currently a senior, so I'll be graduating May of 23. Major. I'm a psychology major. My minor is in education. Okay. Um, you want to give us a little, like, backstory, a little bit about yourself? Um, so I'm 22. I'm from Locust Grove, Georgia, but my family currently lives in Macon, so I am from Georgia, so that's not anything far away from here. Um, it's about three hours I think from home, which is why I came here. That's part of the reason I did come here because it's far enough that I'm away from everybody that I like grew up with, but it's close enough that I can see my parents. So uh, that's that's perfect. I mean, that brings us right into our next question. What made you come to Piedmont? Well, ultimately, I came here for their athletic department. So I do play volleyball here. And for the last three years, um, I've also played lacrosse as well in the spring. I decided not to this year just because I'm graduating. It's just a lot of extra stress. And I kind of wanted to, like, have a semester where I actually can live, like, the college life without athletics involved. I think that'll be good. I mean, you've been tied up for four straight years. I mean, you get your last semester of being in college, like, all to yourself. I think it'll be cool. I'm excited about it. The only thing I'm worried about is I'm so used to, like, having the structure of, like, oh, I have practice. I have games these weekends. So it's going to be weird to be like, oh, I don't have practice. Like, I don't have anywhere to travel to this weekend. So I think that's going to take a little bit of adjusting. But I am excited to see, like, the new opportunities because I don't have those. It's definitely weird. Trust me. I've done it, and it's uh, it feels completely different. Like you'll like you were saying, I mean, no practice, no traveling, no nothing, and you kind of just get to live live a life, just you know, be normal. I yeah, guess. exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's really what the regular everyday student experiences. Yeah, I just it's gonna be weird to have that amount. Do you prefer did like now going back into it? Would you prefer being an athlete here, or did you prefer like the lifestyle of not having anything? I think, oh gosh, that's a tough question. Um, it definitely has its ups and downs sometimes because you'll have one of those really long days and then you'll be like, oh, I got to go to practice, right. you know? And that's as good as it is to be a part of a team and be around all those people. It's nice, but then you can be exposed to so much more when you're just a student. Like your whole life is being a student. You can also 
do something outside of school and then you can also be involved internally with like anything that goes on at school and I I think it's you really get the best of both worlds so I think if you get into that it's like all these new doors open and you get to experience something new yeah I'm excited I just hope it's not like overly lonely because all my friends will be in season because I have a lot of friends too graduating in December like a lot of my volleyball teammates are graduating in December so it's going to be different having like nobody but then that guess that gives me new opportunities to make new friends that I've never talked to because I've been a part of these things. Sarah, I know you are an athlete here on campus, like you mentioned earlier. I know you're currently in season with volleyball. Um, could you give us a little scoop of like what what it's like? Um, yeah, so volleyball here is exciting. Um, A lot of people, like, you may look at our record and think that, oh, you know, they're not the best. But in my head, like, our team is the best that it's been. We're finally connecting with one another. And it's taught me a lot of things. Like, in high school, you know, you go, you win your games, and you're kind of with the same people all four years. You're really not, like, being introduced to people that you've never met before. But in college, like, there's the freshman class incoming every year, and you have to, like, reevaluate your team culture every year and so it's kind of taught me to be open to everyone and everyone's situation and like learn to be able to make new friends and build those connections so I think that's super important and I'm thankful that like Piedmont Volleyball has brought that for me like especially having a roster so big like my high school team the biggest roster we ever had was 12 and right now we have 25 girls so it's a lot, and it can be overwhelming, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's a, that's a really good point. I mean, it's definitely different in college sports because you really see rosters that will they'll deplete, you'll regain, and it's like you can lose people mid-season, you can lose people at the end of the year, whatever. Like, it's crazy. I mean, it's like a never-ending cycle that's just – it's constantly changing, like no matter what, which – I have found kind of interesting about college athletics because it's like once you get involved with them, you really get to see like what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it too because it's like this is something that's going to bond us forever. Like I'm going to tell my kids about my team and like the people that I've met. And it's cool like once you meet these people, if they do transfer out, if they do go somewhere else, you can still follow them on their journeys. And it's just kind of weird that like we all came to one place for the same thing. And we then all go in different directions. So I really, that's something I enjoy. So beyond sports, right, what have you done with your time at Piedmont? That's a tough question. Because sports have taken up so much of my time. But as far as, like, the academic stuff goes... Um, I've been introduced to a lot of new opportunities like this coming spring. Hopefully I'll have an internship at um, Freedom Hill, which is like a center for women who have struggled in the past with um, drug use and alcohol abuse, things like that. So it's opened the door into that field, which is ultimately what I want to do in the future. So without that, like I have no I would have no direction. So do you think, like, your advisors have really, like, played a role in, like, giving you that direction, giving you these opportunities, and, like, kind of setting you up for success? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, my advisor is Cynthia Vance, and so she's also one of my professors, so she knows me on a level besides, oh, that's just my academic advisor. I see her once a year. No, I see her pretty much every day. So she knows me as a person. So I can go into her office. I can sit down. We can have conversations just like I'm a normal person. And we can work through things. And then she said, here's a list of things that I think would be really good for you. And we've kind of been able to like go through and like, this might work for me. This might also work for me. So I also have lots of options because of her. So, like, if the thing at Freedom Hill doesn't work out, um, there was another for One Love that I could do. Or I know you mentioned something about it, like, last week or whenever it mm-hmm. was. And, I mean, it really seems like they are, like, advisors, whether you like them or not, they really set you up for success. Because if you come in and you're like, hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z, they're also like, we can do X, Y, and Z, you know? Right, exactly. And they also have that experience that I don't. So they've been like, oh, well, we've had students in this program in the past that did this. So they have that knowledge that um, I wouldn't get elsewhere, especially like when it comes to it, like I'm planning to go to grad school. So I had I talked to one of my professors, um, Dr. Friedline, and he pointed me in the right direction because neither of my parents went to grad school. So I kind of didn't have any kind of knowledge on the subject and he was like well here's where my daughters went because his daughters are doing the same thing that I want to do and so he was able to like recommend a list of schools for me to go to and they just have like a resource book of everything that I could possibly need. Are you excited to graduate? I am. It's a little bittersweet because I'm nervous like, I'm excited to move on into the next chapter of my life, but I'm nervous to close this one because, obviously, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And everybody goes out hoping, like, to have the best experiences in the world, but realistically, I know they're not going to be like that. So it kind of scares me to think about, oh, I'm an adult after this. Like, I'm in the real world now, you know? Yeah, and so I know you, you just touched on it a little bit. What's next? Well, grad school is ultimately next. I'm not planning to get my doctorate because that's far too much schooling that I'm willing to go through. Um, So I'm looking currently at Western Carolina. It's in North Carolina. Um, Looking at grad school to be like a mental health counselor. So hopefully I can go from there or even with my internship, I could go that route too. Um, If they were to offer me a job position or recommend other places for me to go, Ultimately, I think I would like to end up in a group home um, for people with mental health issues or open my own practice way later in the future and have several different therapists working under me and then all working together to, you know, help the better mental health of our community. So with you having that aspiration and that goal to open your own practice, can you, you can do all of that with just a master's, correct? 
I can. It probably be a little more difficult. Like later down the road, I may end up venturing into doctorate, but next step plans, like as of right now, I'm not planning on it. But unless I come into some large sum of money, um, I will not be getting my doctorate. But later on, I might decide to, especially if I do want to open my own practice, because with the doctorate comes like that prestige a little bit. So it'll be easier for people to want to work for me and people to want to be my clients, things like that. It would open a lot of other doors that I wouldn't have with just a master's. So it's like you got to build your resume before you can get that. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what the (laughs) word is, but to basically people can see you and they'd be like, okay, yeah, this is somebody that I I would want to work for. So, I mean... I, it's interesting. I mean, you know, the more you know, right? Yeah, and also that's why I minored in education as well because that's also something I'm kind of using as a fallback um, because the school system, certain ones, will pay for your schooling. So if I do go get my master's and then I go into a school system and become a school counselor, some schools may offer to pay for that doctorate. So that would help me in my path as well. So I have like a lot of different paths that I could choose. It's just right now is a matter of finding the best fit for me. So with that, with a school paying for that, is that usually public or private? I believe it's private. Okay, that makes sense. Title IX schools, I think, something like that. Okay, Title IX schools make a lot of sense because they will – you could literally have no experience at all, and you come in and they will, like, certify you. They will get you certified so you can pretty much teach, right? Right, and so that helps too because – Um, Now, I know typically with that, it's like you have to stay at the school for X amount of years. But if you're willing to pay for my school, I'm willing to do whatever you need me to do in return for that because that's something that I'll never be able to pay back. Right. And I mean, I think with just doing your thing, I think that's giving back. Right. You know, so like being a high school counselor or whatever it may be. I mean, that's also a good route that you could go on, especially with the education background and everything else that goes into it with psychology and stuff. I mean, you know enough about it where you can really provide guidance to different kids, whatever it may be, elementary school, middle school, middle or high school. I mean, yeah, and doors wide knows? open. I might even go into teaching if I like, like the school system enough. I mean, I come from a family of teachers. My mom's a teacher. Um, her whole side of the family is teachers. So it's in my blood per se to be a teacher. So, that door is not closed either. That's a potential route I could take as well if I decided later on down the road that this is something I'm interested in. Right. And what's so fascinating about that is I I also come from a family of teachers and their mindset behind it is is not very good. <laughs> right. No. They they will literally shit on you and be like, <laughs> Don't do it. Because I wanted to do it for a while before I found myself doing whatever I'm doing now. And they will literally shit on you and they will say, like, don't, don't go into the school system, whatever. And it's like, if this is what I want to do, that's what I want to do. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, my mom says that to me all the time. And it's also hard, too, because I've seen her, make, like, have those struggles. She carries all of that home. And I also realize that there's a lot of outside work with teachers that a lot of people don't realize 
like go into it and but at the end of the day like she feels like that's what she was called to do and she wouldn't trade it for anything so those hard days mean nothing like they are little compared to her great days like over the summer she always talks about oh I miss my kids I can't wait to go back to the kids and so I strive to have a career where I'm like I can't wait to be back in the office or I can't wait to see those kids I can't wait for Monday to where like I'm just doing my job like I want to enjoy what I do and I think that's the most important thing for me it's all about the mindset yeah and I I mean you know that psychology right it really is yeah Sierra we at Piedmont have a population of 1200 students that are on the Demers campus 50% of those are athletes so 600 of the 1200 that live on campus are athletes so we have a large population like I said do you think there is a stigma or a stereotype surrounding athletes here at Piedmont I think there is a little bit I think it's team based so there's certain teams that do have it but at the end of the day it's kind of like most of the people that go here you know are athletes so it kind of helps though with the chemistry of campus because it's everybody's going through the same thing. There's not people, like, struggling worse. I mean, there's always going to be people struggling worse. But you're all going through the same thing, so it helps us, like, have similar experiences and know that we're not alone. Um, But as far as the stigma, I guess there kind of is, but really in the classroom, there's definitely not because our teachers are super, like, understanding with things like that. So it's like if I do have to miss for a game – or even like some of my professors, if I miss and we didn't have a game, they're checking in on me because they don't oh, maybe, well, we looked at your scores this weekend. We saw that you guys may have had a rough weekend. Are you okay? Like they're reaching out always. Yeah. And I think that's something that is so fascinating about Piedmont. This could be the same for another small college or vice versa. And I mean, the, the professors here are so involved with students and how the students live. It's incredible. Oh, I love it. I literally, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. I couldn't imagine being just a number in a classroom. Oh, you're 156. Yeah, like the big the big schools and stuff. I mean, we, we've all wanted to go to a big school. Yeah, just to live that big school life, I think. But for me, I feel like it would get old pretty fast. It sucks. Yeah, like you go through your party phase, you're done. Yeah, exactly. Then what's left? Here, I'm like, oh, well, I have people. Like there's sporting events I can go to and know everybody there. Yeah, and it's like the group of athletes that we have at Piedmont, I wouldn't say are so, quote unquote, like close knit, but there are athletes. Everyone knows everyone. Yes, you I mingle with everyone, and it's like, like you were saying, you show up to a sporting event at Piedmont, and it's like, it's fascinating because you can literally see if you're on the opposite side of the stands, you can literally see each team that's there because yes. they all mingle together, and then there's like the exchange between different teams. It's it's fascinating, and I love it too because it's the support, like. When sports teams show up together, that's a whole section of the bleachers right there. Like, that's enough to make me play better because these are my peers. These are other athletes coming to watch me do what I do best. And it helps you play better. It helps you, like, perform. And I don't think you'd be able to find that anywhere else or, like, in my eyes. 
nothing like Piedmont. It's it's interesting. I mean, I've noticed it since my freshman year. I've I've also been here for five years, and I do think that Piedmont also sets you up for that. Because yes. when you're living in those freshman dorms, whether it be Mystic now or Purcell or Wallace, anything, you're always surrounded by athletes. And it's just human nature that you're going to run into them. You're going to say, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Stuff like that. And I do think Piedmont does that on purpose. Yeah, especially when they tell you to like try and pair up with your teammates too, because then that helps you build a connection with your teammates like my freshman year I was with a volleyball teammate but our sweet mates were softball players so then it helped us introduce ourselves to the softball players we introduced them to volleyball players so then you have those teams like intermixing and then it just builds off of that because oh it's like well I'm close with this team let me introduce you to these people and now you have a whole bunch of new friends and then everybody just kind of branches off but we're all together as one at the end of the day right and what I think is so interesting is it always happens your freshman year because you meet so many people your freshman year and then those relationships continue to carry throughout your your time yes they really do that's why I hate for those that um, were freshmen during the COVID year because they didn't quite get that experience they're getting it now but they're getting it later than we did right but like my freshman year we did get sent home at the end of my freshman year but that was barely into the second semester so I had already had the first semester to like build those friendships some of my friends that I still have today I met in week one and we're still friends four years later yeah exactly and I mean even if you meet those people week one you can still meet those people every single year right I'm a firm believer too that like if you're meant to have certain people in your life they will be there regardless Like, we were all meant to come to Piedmont for a reason. We were all meant to meet this person who introduced us to this person for a reason. And I just think it's really cool to see that all at play. It's always the little connections. Yes, love little connections. So what we'll end on is, do you have any advice for the younger athletes at Piedmont? My biggest advice is to give Piedmont a chance. I know that a lot of freshmen come in, they're like, okay, there's nothing to do in this town. It's so small. But I promise that if you give it that opportunity, it will flourish into something that you didn't think was even possible. Like, I think we've all been there where we're like, okay, there is nothing to do in this town. But then you find something to do. And some of my best memories are made on those weekends where we said, oh, there's nothing to do this weekend. Like, we used to have bonfires, things like that. Like, especially being where we are now, like, the location, you can go to the mountains, you can go to Gainesville. Like, there's so many different things, but I think that the freshmen just need to give Piedmont a chance. Give it a year, at least. Don't make a rash decision after your first semester, because the first semester is hard. It's an adjustment, and it's going to be like that anywhere you go. So might as well just see it through to the end, and then make a choice. That's... that's a very, very, very good point because I did that. I was here for two years, well, a year and a half, and then I was like, okay, like, I hate this. (laughs) And then I went home, did a semester at Kennesaw. That was the worst decision I've ever made. Right. This place. Yeah, exactly. Look, look where I am. Back at Piedmont. Exactly. But you really fall in love with it. You give it the opportunity and you fall in love with this place. Yes, I completely agree. Like I have a friend that transferred out 
our freshman year and she comes back and now she's like I kind of miss it like I kind of wonder how it would have been had I stuck it through with the rest of you guys so that's my biggest thing is to just see yeah. it through give it a chance give it a chance yeah because Piedmont whether you will give it the chance or not it gives you so many opportunities it really does and you just have to let those opportunities come but other than that I mean it is what it is, yeah, right? Just leave the door open. Yeah. You know, don't close it just yet. Yeah, live your life. That's all you have to do. Yep. So that's going to wrap things up for the pilot episode of Kill the Lights. We thank you for listening. Sierra, thank you. Thank I you really for appreciate me. it. Of course, of course. I'm your host again, Chad Hall, and we look forward to seeing you guys on the next installment of Kill the Lights. We'll be right